Hey everyone, after more than 15 years in the business, I finally got a book published. If you want to do me the biggest favor in the whole world, please head over to MikeyOp.com and buy a copy. That's M-I-K-E-Y-O-P-P.com and the book is named Martyr and it's about psychics and the history and future of the universe. I wrote it and I think you'll love it. Hi, this is Mike Oppenheim, and you are listening to Coffin Talk, interviews with the living, a weekly podcast that explores how our views on death affect the way we live our life. This week, we have Tara McNeish. She's a 39-year-old Pennsylvania native and full-time artist and musician. She has an eight-year-old, a cat, and a dog, and she spends her free time as an avid outdoorsman foraging in her niche. So welcome to the show, Tara. Hey, how are you doing, Mike? I'm doing really well. Um, it's we're, As we record, it's on the verge of May to June, and June is my favorite month of the year, so I'm excited. Um, sunshine it's definitely hot. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, so we're going to kind of start in uh, the normal order, which is we ask people how old they are, which you already said in your bio, and uh, where you grew up, which you already said in your bio. But what I didn't get to ask you is, do you consider yourself a member of any generation? Oh, um, no, I don't. And I think that's because I was raised by my grandparents. Um, I had my dad and my mom in my life, but I, I kind of got away from the, the standardized generational ideals that most people have at my age. I think I got a little different outlook. That's very cool. That's actually awesome. Um, so did you choose to live with your grandparents growing up or was that a choice that was made for you? Um, it was a choice made for me, but I mean, it made my life for my dad much easier. I chose to live with my dad mm-hmm. and that's where we all ended up. Oh, cool. Very cool. Um, I'm sort of curious just because like I'm 41 and I have two kids and I'm hoping to have a third. And so I feel like I'm going to be quote unquote, an old dad, like at my kids' graduations and stuff like that. Did it, uh, yeah. did it feel like strange when like your grandparents were like older than the other parents at like events and stuff like that? Or did that not really come up? Well, as I said, both parents are in my life Mm -hmm. and they were active members in my life. At least my dad was. Oh, okay. And, um, but when they would show up, it it was just like the three of them. They would, they would all show up. It was kind of cool because we'd all have dinner together and it would be a, just a extended household, so to speak. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Um, yeah, actually, a lot of studies on crime say that's the solution to crime is that, uh, people oh. need to grow up in extended households like that, that that's what we've lost in our American culture is, uh, I just heard something about that. Yeah. Actually, that's so funny. You're bringing it up. Uh, do you have siblings? I do. I actually have a full sister, a half sister and six stepsisters. Wow. That's incredible. Um, also of interest to me, so this is a just me asking you questions for my own edification. Uh, one of my daughter, my daughter, is a step is a half sister to my son, and uh, they're not like super close yet. And I'm hoping they will be later in life. Um, are you close to the half sibling? We've developed a bond. We don't talk much uh, lately or in the last couple of years. And we're not close as I would call some of my friends close or my immediate family, like my sister, my full sister and my dad. Um, but we, we talk, we, we definitely catch up with one another. She's all the way out in Wyoming. Most of my family is, or at least that side of the family, my mom's side and mm-hmm. the stepsisters, everybody's out West. Cool. Hey, I'm just kind of curious. Cause like I've met people who say my sister and then I found out later it's like a half. And then I hear people who say half and you know, all that. So I'm always curious about yeah. 
how that identity stuff works out. And, you know, more I'm just asking because as a parent, my dream is for them to, like, love each other to no end and, like, be able unable to, like, live more than 10 miles apart, which is stupid. So um, did you grow up with any religion? Actually, this is the great monumental thing of my life. I grew up with two religions, so it it actually changed my life so monumentally. My mother and stepfather celebrated, they were part of the tribe of Manassas, which is kind of Judeo beliefs. And then my dad and my grandparents, it was most, it was all Christianity. Wow. So, uh, since Christianity is pretty well known in our audience, um, let's get into tribe of Manassas, which just sounds cool. It sounds like a movie that's going to come out with Tom Hanks in a couple of weeks. Right. Um, so what's Um, that all about? Um, they celebrate the days of unleavened bread. Hmm. They celebrate Passover. They do, I can't even, the Feast of Tabernacles. There's different things. It's a very small group of people that do this and they meet up in hotels and have their church sessions or their church services that I've been to a couple of them. Plus, not only that, these tribe of Manassas, you know, beliefs that they had. They also kind of raised me knowing a little bit of Native American culture and some of their practices I was raised doing. Wow, that's so cool. <laughs> I'm like, and we're totally white. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of your upbringing. It's very hard for me to explain. And my parents listen to some of these, so no offense, mom and dad. Uh, but that would be cool to have all of that going on. And, um, so to today, as a like 39 year old woman, are you, uh, involved in Christianity or the tribe of Manassas? Um, so what that did to me is because my mother would say to me, your dad's wrong. And then my dad would say, your mother's wrong. So what I did, (laughs) (laughs) so what I did was I set out, um, later, actually I denounced any belief of anything good out there. And, um, that, you know, that without any belief or any kind of stronghold to a higher self, Mm -hmm. I believe is kind of detrimental. And what I learned is it was detrimental to myself. I can't speak for other people. Um, but it was, it was a big tear. You know what I mean? I didn't get to have the relationship I wanted to with my mom or my, you know, because she was constantly, it was like they were competing with each other, you know, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, so you denounced it for a period. Did you end up, Re- reclaiming any religion or any belief yes in a way okay so this was just found like for me my i found myself five years ago mm-hmm. um and what i had discovered about myself is there was more to the picture than just one book so you have how many worldwide religions and belief they can't all be wrong and they can't all be right mm-hmm. so I forget what the term's called for believing in a little piece of all religions. I believe there's a little truth to everything and kind of trying to find something that works for me. So in my beliefs, I I have questions still, but who am I to concretely say, this is what's happening to me when I die. I'd like it to be an adventure and a surprise. (laughs) Wow. That's cool. I've never had any guests say that. And this is like interview 130 something. Oh, crazy. That's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's very cool. Um, However, with that answer, there is kind of a sub answer, which is that you do think you'll be around to see it or is that just what you're hoping? 
I believe that you can't destroy energy. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, go, it has to go somewhere, somewhere. So whether I'm becoming a plant to nourish an animal and then graduating up through reincarnation or become another human. If you've watched the movie I Origin, that's a great take on what happens after you die. You become a, a new. Cool. Um, it's a really great movie. Um but my belief is maybe we reincarnate. I really don't know. I mean, I've done some like ceremonial practices and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I have a, an idea of what may be out there, but I haven't, I have, I think it's just going to be a great next adventure. How can this energy only last for a hundred years? I think it lasts, it can be infinite. Wow. That's really cool. And that's very intelligent. Like I, I like the way you're strategizing and sorting through it all. Um, this sounds negative, but it's really not. Um, is there anything that you don't believe in, like from all of that work and, and looking at different things? Uh, I guess things that I have proven, and I, I'm trying to think of an example, but things that have already proven to say that this is what I don't believe. Um, and honestly, I don't, I'm trying to think. I would say like worshiping statues mm-hmm. or praying to a statue would be, you know, that we typically find a Catholicism or some other ones, but I'm, there's, there's reasons that they, they do that and it becomes customary. So there's nothing I really don't believe in because I feel like it's whatever works for other people. Mm -hmm. But for me, myself, I just live my life in, I try to live in the now. I don't want to think about the future. I don't want to think about the past. I want to live and appreciate the very second that I have because I can't, I'm not guaranteed the future and my past is no longer here Mm -hmm. and if i end up whatever ends up happening in life i'm just experiencing that so my whole basic concept of religious beliefs anything i'm just a watcher in this world i just watch and i learn and i take in the information and maybe eventually it'll make sense maybe there'll be patterns you know we have algorithms that a computer does it for us but it's just an experience for me. I believe life is just about an experience and whatever happened to get there Mm -hmm. was such a great feat. So when we die, it's like, man, well, at least we lived. So uh, forgive me for phrasing it this way, but you speak very eloquently and like, you sound like you have a a pretty solid education behind you. Did you go to higher education? I sure did. I went to Bethany college for two years studying psychology and uh, like an, non it was it was art too i did art too but i wasn't declared mm-hmm. as an art minor and then i went to teal college because i had to i had to move to a different school because mm-hmm. i needed a little time off and i went to a different school and that was teal college that's my hometown greenville pennsylvania and then they didn't have a psychology program so i just took art and now I love it. I'm so glad I did. <laughs> That's so funny because you're talking to a writer. So I'm like, yeah, we, we all like, <laughs> I have like master's degrees and they were just like stalling attempts to avoid the inevitable. Um, but yeah, I love it. Um, and so I want to keep on this subject, but I, I want to save time to ask you because I love nature and the outdoors and especially just using the word foraging. I'm a book indexer. And uh, I was indexing about African cultures foraging and how much it changed them uh, today in like an ancient like encyclopedia on African archaeology. So I'm like really interested in foraging. But just before we leave the religious, spiritual side of everything, um, what's your thoughts on like the idea of hell? 
I believe there is, it's, okay, do you know what a torus is? Like, It's uh, a pole, like magnetic yeah. pole. Okay, Okay, sure. so I think it's all about balance. I don't think that, I think things that maybe we can see or conceptualize as evil or things we conceptualize as good, it's based on ourselves. It, the, the ideal of it is based on ourselves in society. It has nothing to do whether it's actually bad or good. Wow. It's what happens. Yeah, that's very deep. Um <laughs> I'm asking again, like uh, on a personal level, does that actually work when like shitty things happen to you? Yeah. Cool. It's gotten me through the last five years. It's totally changed my life. That mentality has totally changed my life. So like, uh, let's pick like a, a really like milk toast example. Like someone cuts you off in a car and like, it could have caused a huge accident. You could have died. Do you just like immediately no. think, Sorry, go ahead. No, I swear at him. (laughs) I swear at him. (laughs) And then I calm myself down. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what I'm curious about is like the calming yourself down part. Does it involve a pep talk with like what we just talked about? Yes. Okay, cool. So we're actually like, I'm on a very similar page. And uh, yeah, and it was pretty similar age. Because even though I'm older than you, it started at like 35, 34, 35 ish. Um, You know, I, I just remember like realizing like there's no way this person's opinion which i think is completely false is actually false or true nor is mine and then i started seeing how the whole world is that and like most conflict is that so where uh on like a meta level do you think your philosophy would work for most people or do you think some people need like the other types of religions hey everyone if you're a fan of the show please head over to mikeyop.com and click the subscribe button it's the best way to support us and it's free that's m-i-k-e-y-o-p-p.com thanks Honestly, I think that everybody in this life has been told what to do from a very young age. You were told who you were and what, you know, what you were supposed to be. And you can't do this and you can do this. And yes, there are things to protect your youth and stuff like that that are very important. And there are family traditions and everything that is passed down. But we also pass down generational pain and trauma. So throughout life depending on what's going on currently is what that generation learns and then they pass on their own fears their own pain to the next generation and then the next generation's job is to sort that information out and get like spit it out on their youth and repeat you know yeah are you sure you don't want to be a therapist (laughs) (laughs) i would love to be but i i have a i have a really good time ending up having conversations with strangers and they cry to me and like weird stuff happens. It's pretty cool. That's very cool. How about you give us one example of that? Um, I had a, I just did a show, uh, me and the, my band, we just did a show and this girl looked at me and she said, you, your band, your voice makes me want to cry and not in a bad way. She's like, you just bring it out of me. And then she, I, I looked at her and I said, you're having a rough time, aren't you? And she just started bawling. Wow. And it was, yeah. And I just, because I could feel it like yeah. from her. And I don't, I could just, you can tell by the look in her eyes. I don't know how to explain it. But if you pay attention, it's fairly easy to read another person's basic nature. Yeah. Their imprint. I like to call it an imprint. That's cool. Wow. I really like that. Yeah, that's um, that's such a good way of explaining it because like I'm starting to get sick of how often, especially on social media, people are just like co-opting phrases from like Buddhism and other practices and then like kind of just like casually pretending that they understand the concepts like to the level where it would be like 
of expert, you know? And so like people are just kind of throwing around like, I'm an empath, you're not, I have this. And I'm, I'm always like, I think every single person can empathize with any other person. And it's like a muscle that you can develop. So I love it that the imprint and, uh, that's so cool. And this woman I worked closely with, um, she sells like a self-help system that I absolutely love. And it's all about like your blueprint, like this thing beneath you that is like, if you had architect goggles, you could see all the things in you that like, then, like you said, society did or didn't push and pull. And like your, your mom and your dad and your grandparents and your siblings. Um, wow. That's cool. That's really powerful. So, uh, I take it that you are a pretty like free spirit, not just in the sense of what we just talked about, but like you spend a lot of time outdoors and foraging and all that. So can you get into that a little bit? Absolutely. Um, I get out as much as I can winter and springtime in summertime. I get out as much as I can. I work too, but I like to work outdoors as well. Nice. I like to, I, I don't know. I feel when I get out in nature, I, I feel like it calms me down. Like when I go out there, I could be having the worst day being hormonal, doing all that stuff, just having a bad day. And when I go out there and I spend at least an hour out there, just you know, looking for rocks or trying to identify different plants that I can eat. And it totally takes every other care out of my mind. It's like, wow, that was not important. You know, that wasn't so important. And also I kind of believe from the Native American uh, upbringing, the, you know, their beliefs, Mm -hmm. I believe that all humans should have a relationship with nature and we've totally lost it. Yeah. We are so destructive. <laughs> yeah. It's really sad, too, because um, I'm not a pessimist, but like I said, I am a writer, and uh, I don't see how we're going to get out of this plot twist, um, unfortunately. Uh, there's just too much money behind polluting, and I don't even care about the word climate change or that conversation. I just care about polluting. Like, it's just so bluntly obvious. In general. Yeah. Like, can we at least agree yeah. that, like, you can see like oil marks in most water. I'm not allowed to eat fish out of like any river I've ever lived near. And actually speaking of which, uh, have you ever had like a bad foraging experience? Like you ate a berry or a mushroom and then like felt sick? No. Okay. No, I do. I'm very careful only for the simple fact, even there are some things out there that you can eat like wild lettuce. Mm -hmm. That'll give you gastrointestinal upset Mm. if you eat too much, but it also has other components in it that make it that way. So you just, I do all my research before I consume anything. That's very cool. Wow. Um, were you scared like the first couple times or did you just always have that confidence? It was kind of a thrill. I've always been cool. in nature. So yeah. like I remembered when I'd read about it, I'd read it, you know, I'd get on my phone and read about it or get a book and read about it. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, oh, I've seen that before. What are the uses? How can I use it? And then I go into how to use it. Like jewelweed is by creeks and stuff like that. And you can pick that, rub it on your poison ivy and it stops itching. That's very cool. All right. So now I have kind of like a weird line of questioning to ask you, but, um, so I personally am the kind of hippie who like enjoys marijuana and other drug experiences. So I'm not like a druggie by like whatever the Reagan terms and all that would be that we grew up under. Oh yeah. But, um, my question is like, do you buy into this thing where like people say, well, if it's from nature, it's okay to do it. So like the, the argument being it's okay to do marijuana, but not crystal meth. Like, do you, do you agree with that? Um, okay. So this is kind of my viewpoint on that because mm-hmm. I've lived all these different lives over time and my conclusion right now, which I'm still learning 
is that marijuana and shrooms, I've never, and I'm going to be, I'm going to be crass here. Mm -hmm. I've never ordered hookers and cocaine on marijuana. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm just, I still, I told that to my grandmother and she died, but (laughs) it's just a funny way to look at it is there are some drugs there meant to relax and become something that's a little more eye opening. But you shouldn't abuse anything, in my opinion. You just shouldn't abuse anything. But the other ones are kind of like a cycle. Like heroin's a cycle. You do it, then you're addicted, then you need to do it again in order to get the same feeling. Mm-hmm. Marijuana's not like that. Shrooms are not like that. DMT's not like that. Yeah. Um, in fact, most of those things are, there's now discovering a lot of psychological benefits all across the board. Like for people that have paranoia of some, you know, certain things. Yeah. Like, Wow, that's really cool. I, I love your take. Yeah, and I'm always just curious about that because, you know, I, I talk to scientists and they're like, well, what's more natural than, like, discovering what the elements are, figuring out how they work together? You know, like, applied materials is, like, an incredible field. And I actually agree. I've come, like, very far from where I was when I was, like, 20. And I, I think that, uh, like, explore all you want. And I don't have any issue with, like, any of the current exploration and even, like, AI and stuff. I'm terrified by what we might do with this technology, but I do think that, yes. uh, you know, you and I are, are clearly on, like, the super, like, let's go to nature side. Like, if I had my way, I would live in, like, a cabin in the woods and, like, my kids and my wife would hate me. And, uh, but, but I do have, like, a wide berth of respect for, like, engineering. And, you know, of course, I'm, like, absolutely obsessed with, like, how cool different cars can be in planes and stuff like that. Right. Um, I think that life is meant to, it's like a buffet table. Mm-hmm. You can try it all, but you're going to find some things you like more than others. And I believe that's what this life is for. It's, it's not to, it's literally to experience, create and push your energy out there and just do what, do what you feel. Like I, if you feel like being a singer one day, do it. If you feel like being an artist, do it. If you feel like being a writer, do it. Because if you don't, then I think that's why people are so greedy. And I think that's why there's a lot of this negative stuff. It's because people like subconsciously want to escape the skin they're in. Yeah. And also like what you said earlier about, um, I call it socialization. Like, you know, I'm, I'm doing it to like a little girl right now. Um, your, your kid's eight and mine one is seven and the other's going to be two in July. And, and so the, the sub two, mm-hmm. as I call her, you know, all I'm ever doing is being like, don't do that. And in my head, I'm like, there's actually no good reason for it. It's just because people get annoyed on an airplane and we know we're going to take you on a trip in a couple months. So I'm training you for like this horrible thing called the public. Um, but, <laughs> and so I feel guilty, but I also know that I'm doing her a favor because the same way, like you and I can like talk and, you know, like if I was on a plane next to you, we'd have a civil time and it's because we were socialized. Like, um, otherwise I'd right. be like grunting at you and I'd probably grab like your food and try to eat it. Um, so right. yeah, so I, I think it's like a weird thing. And, and that is kind of my last question for you is, um, how do you perceive with all of your philosophy and your, uh, metaphysical philosophies, like the human to human conflict that is so inevitable. Like even with like your, your kid, I'm sure you get in arguments and stuff. Like how, how do you yeah. see that metaphysically? Um, I see that as, I think when you're trying to talk to somebody, it's a lack of understanding. This is right now what I'm going through in my, well, I'm learning. And this is a beautiful relationship that I'm in right now. Um, 
but what I'm learning is because we we're come from two different opposite backgrounds, totally different upbringing, but we're very much a similar person. We found the same spot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So what we're learning is that communication and trying to understand the other person before putting their beliefs, kind of listening to their beliefs before you try to interject your own. And I think that that's what we don't do. Um, because when my kid does something, I'm like, why'd you do that? You know, and I ask questions and sometimes it's an immature answer, which he's eight. And <laughs> other times I get a really good answer back yeah. and I learn something. There's times where I learn something from my kid because I, I do that mentality, like what you just said, where you don't want to, you say, don't do that, but it's only to condition them for society. But what I, I mean, like what I kind of try to do with him is. I want him to have that balance. I mean, we're going to go back to the beginning of our, you know, all of our conversation. When I say that everything's about balance, Mm -hmm. I think that we need to be socialized, but we need to know when to get, you know, to let it rip. You know, we need to know when to let loose. Yeah. I really do think, I mean, you've touched on so many great subjects today. And I think the one thing I haven't thought about enough is that, gosh, we just like every adult who works like a stiff job and like hates it. I wish there was just like a place at work to like draw and have art. I wish that was like socially acceptable. I wish that was encouraged. Cause I do, I find it a cruel twist of American fate. I'll only speak to my culture that we tell kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? You can do anything. This is the biggest playground ever. But like, that's sort of a deception and it's not really true. Like anyone in their mid twenties who's ever said to their parents and peers, I'm going to not work and like pursue art. You know, there's like, we, I'll say it because I'm one of these people, we get a weird look and it's, you know, uh, how are you going to pay rent? What about this? What about that? And and I'm not saying everyone yep. should just be a free artist, but, you know. I had to work, and this is to get to the art point for me mm-hmm. and the art and being a musician, it's, it's the amount of hours I had to put in before I got there. Yeah. It has nothing to do, I mean, like, I'm, I'm not a great, I don't look at myself as this you know, savant of anything. Mm -hmm. I just do what I like. And if you like it, then that's great. We can talk. You know what I mean? Like I, I have no aspirations to be anything other than what I am currently. So I am who I want to be, you know, so to speak, but, um, no, that's great. That's like profound. And it's weird. Cause I had that attitude in my early twenties. I completely lost it for like at least 10 years. And then I was just grasping at ways to get back to it. And I've been there now and I love it. I'm just like the happiest I've been. And it's been a couple years now, but it's so hard. I think, um, because of the way commercialism and, and economics meets art in our culture specifically. Um, right. Wow. Well, this has been an amazing interview. I've, I've really enjoyed every second of talking to you and hearing you. Um, as you know, cause you've listened to a few episodes, I love nothing more than to give my guests the last word. So, uh, what would you like to say to the people who listen to this friendly podcast? Oh man. Um, when you die, you're not expect a journey, expect a journey because I think wherever you think you're going to go is probably what happens. I don't know. I have no clue, but on that note, just enjoy the ride in, in every aspect of your life. Well said. I love it. Well, thank you, Tara McNeese. You've been an excellent guest. I love good conversations and I love how many different concepts you put to words and and just how my brain is swimming now. I'm definitely going to do a little research on the tribe of Manasseh. I love what I'm going to call it. My wording is that you're kind of a utilitarian with religions. And I think that's great. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> That's and, the word. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, the imprint theory is just brilliant. I really do. And I think um, I'm going to kind of throw that out there with some of my friends and see if it sticks because the more scientific minded people they just hate like this hippie-esque direction a lot of people are going in and I can see why because um, like I said there just needs to be some more facts behind things for certain people so I love this idea of an imprint and uh, you have a great life you have a great mind and you're very interesting and I wish you the best of luck with your 8 year old and your relationship, and your cat and your dog, of course, who we didn't even get to meet. Thank you again for coming on the show. And to those of you listening at home, the best way to support the show is just to go over to MikeyOp.com and sign up for free and subscribe to the weekly email with news about the podcast and other things I do. And uh, this has been another episode of Coffin Talk. My name is Mike Oppenheim, and we will see you soon. That you're near me and I say you are my moon You are the moon